Maria was as mad as anything. Um, she had hair that stood like this. She wore red uh, David Cromer fellies, and uh, she was on a bicycle, um, cycling up and down Stellenbosch, uh, and converting every single person that she bumped into. Uh, uh, she unfortunately died in a motor car accident uh, a good couple of years ago, but uh, she was one of these people that uh, was just amazing, because uh, the one thing that she always was concerned about, in one sense, uh, is her own heart. So whenever something happens, you know, whether, whether it's good or whether it's bad or whether it's fantastic, she would always say, Ludwig, my heart, my heart. I have a heart for people. I mean, I have never seen so many people at somebody's funeral from age two to age 100. Uh, she was just one of these uh, incredible people. So I want to know, where's your heart this morning? Do you know where your heart is? Is your heart in a good place? A fun place? A joyful place? A sad place? Um, and it doesn't really matter. It is as long as you know where you are, then you can actually deal with it, isn't it? So today we're going to do a very interesting song. So I need you to first know where you are so we can lead you to where we need you to be. Because this psalm is uh, full of fun, and it's crazy, and it's, you're going to have to make a noise. Uh, the title is, Make a Joyful Noise Unto the Lord. Now, I'm not sure if you're ready, if you're there. The wonderful thing about the psalms is, is that the psalms, uh, they all have these patterns, often. They start in uh, difficulty, they start in sadness, they start in confusion sometimes, they start in with an enormous longing in their hearts, and the section that we are doing uh, now at this stage, they are all known as the songs of the sons of Korah. From 42 to 49 is, a, is like a small little subsection in the second book of the book of Psalms. And it starts out with this immense longing. Lord, I long to know you. I long to meet with the living God. I feel far away from you. I'm, 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 in, I'm in the waters. I'm upside down. I'm in turbulence. I'm confused. I long to be in your presence. And the sons of Korah, if you know a little bit about your Old Testament, they are the sons of a man who rebelled against God and was wiped out uh, by fire and by an earth literally opening up and swallowing him. But his sons, by grace, became the worshippers in the temple. So they always know that they are there by grace. God's grace is shining on them and they're sharing. But they start out with this massive longing. I long to be in God's presence. And it ends, the ultimate ending of the second book of the book of Psalms is in the Davidic king, Solomon, who will reign. He is the greatest son of the great King David. Ultimately, the greater one than Solomon is Jesus Christ. That's where we're all going. But it takes you some time sometimes. And it's okay. It's okay that it takes you time to get to the point where you can shout. And scream in joy. You don't always start there. And the second book of the Psalms doesn't start there. It starts with a longing. It starts with a lament. There's an individual lament, 42, 43. There's a corporate lament, 44. And then it starts to build and build and say, Hey, notice and see how great your God is. So that your eyes will be taken away from your immediate context. So you can see the Lord's sovereignty over everything. And that's what we're going to do a little bit today. Is that right? So we ask him to help us do that. Why don't you take a, a second and just admit to yourself where you are and tell it to God and pray and then I'll lead us and then we'll sing. 
Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can come to you as we are. Some of us are thankful, joyful, hopeful, strong, resilient. Some of us are sad, confused. Uh, we have a great longing. We're looking, Lord, for a, a better world, a better life uh, for ourselves, for our children, uh, for the world. We thank you that we can come as we are. Thank you that you know every aspect of our being. Thank you that you invite us to come to you exactly as we are. Thank you that you make your face shine on us so that you may give us your grace. Thank you that you make you lift your face upon us so that you may give us your peace. And we pray, Lord, that that may happen to us today, that we gather here in your name and that you will do by your supernatural work, by your spirit, you will take our hearts wherever they are, Lord, and you would help us to put our trust in you so that we may in the end rejoice and, uh, and go mad as this actual psalm is indicating for us to do. So it's a little bit difficult for us because we haven't done all the other psalms, Lord. At least not today. We've done it a while ago. But we pray that you may indeed be the one who will lift our spirits and lift our hearts and lift our minds. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I hope you're happy that you can at least tell God where you are. So on the back of your service sheet, we have a very, very important song. And the kids are arriving at the right time. So all the kids come in. It says, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. All right, so let's stand and let's do it. Good. It's very great to be together. I like this card here because we're going to have some interesting things to do just now. Let's pray. Father, we... We come before you, Lord, because you are the, the Lord of, of, the, of all the earth. You're the king over everything. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand that, to grow in it, to declare it, to believe it, to share it, to make it known to everybody else that there is only one God who is worthy to be king and to rule every human heart, and that's you. So, Lord, as we come to this great part of your word, we pray that you will indeed uh, speak to us um, and enable us to grow in our ability to express uh, our thanksgiving. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So please turn to Psalm 47. So we're going to have a quick read and have a look at it. It says in verse 1, Clap your hands, all nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing to Him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations, God is seated on His holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of, uh, of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God, He is greatly exalted. So as I've mentioned 
Uh, this is part of the songs of Korah that uh, kind of builds up to a crescendo. Uh, the crescendo really is in Montan's year. So it's kind of an introduction uh, saying we long for God. We long to go to the temple. We long to meet with God, the first section. Then Psalm 45 is all about the great king. So maybe if you just flip back and just pick up one verse, and I think we all long for this. We've had the testimony of Shylock here this morning. It says in verse 6, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. Why? A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago. It's fascinating, isn't it? Don't you find that uh, currently the joy of um, the break that the government introduces every couple of hours for us, where you can contemplate life and have deep reflection about the wonder and calmness of life. And we know that unfortunately, a lot of it's got to do with unrighteousness and, and wickedness. And that's why a lot of that is happening, because people are breaking things because they demand more money. We know that's the context. We all long, I hope, long for a king that rules in absolute righteousness and absolute justice, who hates wickedness. And that's what the psalmist is building up. It says, we long not only for a better world, we long for a world that is actually run by a God that is so powerful, that is so good. That's what we're longing for. We're looking for that. And then in Psalm 46, we notice that God is the only one who's stable. The sea may foam and the mountains may shake and the land may slide into the sea. And he says, but we will not be moved because God is our fortress. God is the one who upholds all things. And that is the only stable one there is. So we want him. We want one who's righteous and we want one who's stable. That's the two uh, things that the psalm picks up. And he's going to pick it up again in Psalm 48. But in Psalm 47, he then says, well, in the light of all of this, this is the right response. Clap your hands, all you nations. It's an imperative. It's a command. Clap your hands. By the enthusiasm of your clapping, I can deduce the joy of your heart. Is that right? What makes you instinctively applaud? Have you ever found a situation where you couldn't help yourself? You just started to applaud. Clapping of hands. Fascinating, isn't it? Clap your hands, all the nations. Applaud God. Give him a round of applause. I mean, that's fascinating, isn't it? So I take it that we all do it slightly different. We're different nations here. How does an, how does an Afrikaner applaud? How does an Englishman applaud? Huh? How does a Zimbabwean applaud? Huh? Come on. How does children applaud? Old people. Women, men, all nations. He says, clap your hands. It's a command. He actually shouts at you, clap your hands. And then shout to God with cries of joy. How do you shout for joy? Do you ever shout for joy? (laughs) 
it's, it's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> it's not a rhetorical command, clap your hands and shout for joy. It is clap your hands and shout for joy. What makes you really joyful? So joyful that you can't help yourself but you applaud and you start, hoo-ah! Great! God is great. It's funny, we don't tend to do that, do we? We do it at the show maybe. Or maybe it was the applause of relief last night when the Springboks eventually managed to win the game. Maybe we applaud in sarcasm. <laughs> Fascinating, isn't it? How this psalm says, well, there's one person that deserves your flat-out applause and your flat-out praising, and that is God. He is the one. That you should do that too. And I take it, the difficulty for us is if we don't do that, we don't learn to do it. Which is the weird thing. We actually become, okay, I don't have to do this. So the psalm really breaks itself up into two very simple things. Psalm 1 has got two imperatives in. Clap your hands, all your nations, and shout to God with cries of joy. So the two verbs there is very interesting. They are both imperatives. But the one is to make a real noise with your clapping. To go crazy. To go mad. The other one is to fully engage with your entire being in your shouting. It's a hithil imperative. It says, do it with intentionality. Do it with all of your heart. Do it so that it is absolutely clear from anybody looking at you that you are shouting for joy. Does that make sense? That's what he's saying. So it's quite difficult. I mean, we should practice this. We're going to sing just now again. And you think, how am I going to sing and make a noise and clap and shout for joy because of God? That's what he's encouraging us to do. So it's really weird. It's not part of our culture, isn't it? At least not in church. You don't do that in church. And he actually says, this is in the temple. So these guys are coming together in the temple or they long to go to the temple. And he says, well, this is the right way. As you understand where this whole thing is going, this is the right way to react. For those two for the Lord Most High is awesome. Actually, the Lord Most High is feared. He is fearful, actually. He stands in absolute awe as the, the great king over all the earth. There's nothing that he, Every thought, every place you visit, he is the Lord of it. Every place where you put, put your foot down, he's Lord. And are you glad about it? That's what he's saying. He's the one who rules over everything. Then he gives us a little bit of a historical background. He subdued nations under us. Now, speaking as an Israelite, peoples under our feet. So he's talking about Israel, the small little group of people that started with one man, was built into a nation. Out of nothing, God created a nation. And God then took that little nation and gave them a land. And he says, he chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. He chose and loved us. He's saying, God is showing on the international world through the creation of Israel and giving it their own land, that he is the Lord that actually is going to rule over everything ultimately. He starts in the smallest place to show his ability to the greatest places. He creates out of nothing a new people and bring them into a land and give it to them. And he just does it in a way that is awesome and then wants to establish righteousness. That's what he's after. And he says that's why we can thank and praise God. So he's speaking there from an Israelite point of view, saying this is what God has been doing. The whole Old Testament story starts with a promise to Abram. Not only will I make you a great nation, but I will make sure that all the nations are blessed 
because of you. My ultimate aim is to start small, bring in a nation, and then ultimately bring about the change for the whole world. And that's where he's going. God ascended amidst out of joy, the Lord, amidst the sounding of trumpets. So there he talks about God coming to Mount Zion, going up in the temple, and the people are shouting and screaming and blowing trumpets. Will you shout? Will you blow trumpets? I was looking for somebody. Is anybody in the church does do play a trumpet? Anybody? It would be nice, isn't it? Eh? Suddenly somebody comes from the side and just blow their trumpet so hard that you all jump this high. That's what he's saying. This is so great that I want to make a noise about it. That's really what he's saying. This is how great. I want the noise level of my joy to actually fit the exaltedness of this king. I don't know how you do that. I mean, that's something we need to work out. It's a fascinating little psalm. So there's the first bit. The second bit, he opens it up now again. So he's calling on all the nations, but it's really the Israelites doing this. Now look at what he says in verse 6. Sing praises to, to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. Those little words for singing... Praises is a very interesting verb form again. Again, imperatives. Five imperatives this time. He's saying to you, make a scene. You know what to make a scene looks like? When do we make a scene? When we're upset, isn't it? Why do we make a scene? We try to draw attention to something we feel is very important, isn't it? You have hurt me, you have ignored me, you have whatever. So you make a scene. How does a two-year-old make a scene? Ah! Fall on the floor and scream and kick. They make a scene to draw your attention to what they believe is important. How does a five-year-old make a scene? Excel self. I'll do it all myself. Why? And I'll do it myself. Making a scene. It's fascinating, isn't it? To make a scene is to make sure that the entire area in which you are doing what you're doing, everybody else knows exactly what is going on. That's what it is to make a scene. The PL verb form says not only much you do it from your heart, that you feel, PL, make a scene. Make sure no one else around you is confused about what you're on about. That's really what he's saying. I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? I, I, I haven't seen this before. God wants us to make sure that everybody else around us know exactly who it is that we worship. Who is it that we praise? We must make such a scene that they will actually notice that we are making a scene and that they will notice who we are making the scene about. Fascinating, isn't it? Calling us together to make a scene. Say, do it. And it's all plural verbs, isn't it? Not just me and you. Everyone together must make a scene, praising God. Now, I don't know how we do that. I mean, we've probably got to practice. I think our church is a little bit lacking in practice. It gives us a little bit of insight in the last line when he says it again in verse 7. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. There he uses two words. The word psalm there means praise him in an intelligent way. Praise him in a skillful way. Praise him flat outly and praise him with understanding. 
So just don't scream, but scream with understanding. Make a noise with understanding. It's a fascinating psalm, isn't it? It's such a weird psalm. I feel so odd screaming at you and you all look at me like this. What are you on about? Weird psalm, isn't it? He's saying, work at this thing. You've got to practice coming together to declare the glory of the God that you say you believe in. Would anybody recognize that you are worshiping the Lord of all the earth by the way that we worship him? That's what he's really saying. Give to him what is his due. Last line says, for the king of the earth belong, uh, for the kings of the earth, actually the shields of the earth belongs to the Lord. He is greatly exalted. He is the one who actually places everyone there, and he's the one who will judge everyone. We'll go into that next week when we look at Psalm 48. He's saying, This is the king that you should go bad about. I, I feel really awkward. I don't know how to make a scene so that everybody will know that the scene I'm creating is because God is so great. How do I do that? How do I make him known wherever I am? How do I clap hands? How do you clap hands to the glory of God? How do you shout for joy to the glory of God? How do you make a scene and praise so that everyone will know, wow, God is the one that you are actually aiming at. He's the one who is captivated. You are captivated by something bigger than yourself, by something more awesome than yourself. And he says, well, there's only one person that fits that bill for everyone, for all the nations. And and one says, that's what's so great here. So this psalm in one sense is going into fulfillment, isn't it? Because we've got different nations here coming together saying, we have heard, we have come to understand that God alone is worthy of worship. He's the only one that we can trust that will bring about justice and righteousness. He's the one that we put our trust in. We want to give ourselves entirely to him. So in one sense, the psalm is happening, but it's still looking forward, obviously, to that great day. When God will come. And this time he will not ascend. So look at what he says in verse 5. God has ascended amid shouts of joy. The Lord amid, uh, amid the sounding of trumpets. In Thessalonians we hear that Jesus Christ will descend. In order to ascend as king of the earth. And it will happen exactly the same way. There will be a shout. And there will be trumpets. And there will be an archangel who will shout. That finally God's kingdom has come on earth. And that's what we're all looking for. All longing for. This is a really weird way of doing this. So I'm not sure, how, how can I motivate you to clap your hands because you mean it, because you glorify God? How do you shout in joy? How do you actually make a scene? So that's why we're fortunate we've got Bruce here. He can at least play skillfully and we can sing along with him, at least in tune. But it's a fascinating thing. You are free to... to Try and discover, how can I make sure that everybody knows who it is that I worship? That's what the psalm really is encouraging me to do. Such a simple thing. If you know God is God over everything, how does your worship show that? And he says, one of the ways is to clap and to shout and to throw a scene. So to make sure that everybody else knows it. Because this is the king who is the king of everything. And ultimately, he's the one who is going to reign. So he invites us to that. Anybody got any ideas? Okay, go for it. <laughs> weird, isn't it? It's a weird, it's a weird command. Have you ever heard the command to clap your hands for God? Let's give him a hand. Weird. 
How do you clap so that your heart will be reflected in your clapping? Because you are rejoicing in the Lordship of God. Such a weird way of helping us. I think we are a bit more reserved as a culture. Have you ever seen one of these Jewish movies where they really sing and dance? They know how to do it, eh? We can probably get some lessons from them, uh, how to go about this. So this is what the psalm is really saying. If you know that Jesus Christ is Lord, then coming together like this is one of the ways in which we will express our joy at his Lordship. And we are encouraged to go for it, to not hold back, to not be afraid to really worship him. That's really what the psalm is like. It's a very simple message, isn't it? So shall we try that with the rest of our songs? So we do that with understanding. So as you read the words, as you sing the words, think about what you're singing and ask your heart, is my heart really declaring this with joy and with noise? Because I want everybody else to know who this God is. And I take it everybody else is everybody around us, including us sitting here. So let's try that. Let's see if we can change the way we sing. Shall we try Let's stand. And let's do what the psalm says. So if you want to clap, and you want to shout, and you want to move, then go for it. Because that's what the psalmist is actually encouraging us to do. So let's sing. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Listen to what the words are saying. Omniscient all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. As sins there are many, his mercy is more. How glad are you about that? Let's sing and shout. Isn't that amazing? Well, let's try the next one. We'll see if we can. It's still not warmed up. Let's try the next one. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend. Just listen to the words. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend. That who it is to you? Then declare it. Any of those statements you want to shout out? <laughs> Any of those statements you just want to shout out? Thank God for? What would you like to tell him? Just from that song. You can just choose any one of them. Thank you, Lord. Your mercy is always more. Yeah, no. Shout it. Infinite Father. <laughs> Amen. 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 Shout. It's weird, eh? We've got to practice, guys. This is amazing. But, oh, it's odd. It's awkward, isn't it? Do you feel it? How weird it is. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well, it is well with my soul. <coughs> Take it away, Bruce. Yes! yes. Yeah. No turning back. May the Lord help you to throw such a scene for him. 
that everybody else will know that you will follow Jesus and you're not turning back. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can enjoy this. And this is art for us, Lord, to really glorify you, to praise you with our entire being, with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. For you indeed is the Lord of all. Won't you set us free increasingly to see your glory and to find ways to express it that will make other people listen, draw their attention, capture their imaginations, soothe their hearts, give them hope. We pray, Lord, that we indeed, as your people, may indeed praise you in a way that declares something of your glory and splendor. So thank you for this morning. Thank you for the fun we could have. And we praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here and go and shout and scream. <laughs>